Introductions are extremely, extremely important. Uh, my brother was here last weekend visiting with us, he and his wife. And, and as we were uh, chatting, I, I remembered an incident from his childhood that I have shared before on a Sunday. Some of you may have heard this, but I just thought it was so apropos to, to share it on this Sunday as we're leading into the Thanksgiving holidays. Uh, when my brother was little, just a toddler, my mom was teaching him the importance of manners. She was teaching him to say please and thank you and yes ma'am and no ma'am and all of that. They were at a neighbor's house one day and the lady of the house offered my brother a snack and handed him an apple. And as she's handing him the apple, my mother thought it was the perfect time to practice what they had been learning. So she told Philip, she said, what do you say? What do you tell her? hoping that he, of course, would say thank you. But instead, Phil looked at the apple, handed it back to the lady and said, peel it. <laughs> I mean, that's not what my mom was hoping he would say. But I think sometimes that's what we look like as believers because God blesses us and blesses us and blesses us. And instead of thanking him for it, we just hand it back to him and say, I want it a different way or I want something different. And, and it really shouldn't be that way. We should be a people who give thanks to God. We should be a grateful people. How many believe that? Say, I do. We should be a grateful people. And I don't know if you've ever thought about this, but introductions are really a way to present to others who you are. Introductions are a way to present to others who you are. For instance, when we were in Europe um, traveling to Every time we would get to our hotel or we would get to kind of our, our, our bus tour for the day, as, as Donna would go up to the counter and introduce herself to whoever was back there, she would tell them, my name is Donna. And every woman she told that to immediately said, your name is Donna? And then they said, do you know what your name means? And of course, Donna said, yeah, I, I think it means lady. They said, Donna means woman. That's what, the French, that's what the French lady said. Donna means woman. Our, our introductions are a way of presenting who we are. In Psalm chapter 100 and verse 4, here's what the Bible says. Enter God's gates. In other words, make your introductions. Enter God's gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts. Make your introductions with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. I don't know if you've ever thought about this before, but with Thanksgiving, we introduce ourselves as grateful. When we come before God with our praise and our thanksgiving, we are introducing ourselves as grateful. It's as though we're walking into God's presence and saying, hello, I am grateful. I'm grateful for who you are. I'm grateful for all that you've done for me. This really should be our introduction to the presence of God every time we come before God. We ought to come before him with thanksgiving. We ought to come before him grateful. Listen to Luke chapter 17. It's a very interesting passage of scripture. I'm going to start reading at the 11th verse. Luke's gospel chapter 17 beginning in verse 11. As Jesus continued on towards Jerusalem. He reached the border between Galilee and Samaria, and as he entered a village there, 10 men with leprosy stood at a distance crying out, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. 
And he looked at them and said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed of their leprosy. One of them, when he saw that he was healed, came back to Jesus shouting, praise God. One translation said he was shouting with a loud voice, praise God. And he fell on the ground at Jesus' feet, thanking him for what he had done. This man was a Samaritan. Jesus asked, didn't I heal 10 men? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And Jesus said to the man, stand up and go. Your faith has healed you. There's two things I want you to see in this passage. The first one is that gratitude is expressed through worship. The way we express our gratitude, and by the way, it's not real gratitude if you don't express it. It's not enough just to feel grateful to God for who he is and all he's done. No, 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 no. We have to express that gratitude, right? Sometimes when we go to a restaurant and we get great service, I say sometimes, we should every time we get great service, we show our gratitude through a thing called a gratuity, right? And we leave a little something extra for that person that we're grateful for how they've blessed us and how they've served us. Well, no one's blessed us more than God. I said, no one's blessed us more than God. And we should be grateful and we should show our gratitude. And the way we do that is our worship. We've been singing this, this songs uh, all morning about our hallelujah. We've been talking about raising a hallelujah. The word hallelujah comes from the Hebrew word halal. It's a word that we translate praise in the English Bible. And it literally means to, to rave about God. It means to celebrate uh, in such a way um, of, of it being foolishly clamorous. In other words, we put our all into our thanksgiving. And the truth is, there are a lot of people that are here this morning at church and we just had this wonderful opportunity to just give that kind of thanks, that kind of raving worship to God and you just stood there like a knot on a log. Is this, is this working? Is this on? Is this, can you hear me? Um, and, and, and I want you to understand that gratitude isn't really gratitude if it's not been expressed. And I also want you to see in this passage, it's what God expects. When only one leper came back, Jesus said, where are the other nine? Is this the only one who really felt grateful enough to come and give God glory. God forbid that he's got to ask the same question about this group of people here in this room. God forbid that, that he looks down and sees a few of us really going after him, giving him thanks, and the rest of us are too worried about what someone's going to think about us. I'm here today to tell you, I'm going to get clamorously foolish in my expression of gratitude. And if you don't like it, I could care less. I am not here to impress you. I'm here to give thanks and praise to the only one who's worthy. And that's my God. And so just like he said he wants me to, I'm going to sing these songs. I'm going to lift this shout. I'm going to lift my hands. I'm going to clap and just give glory and praise and honor to God. How about you? Amen. I want you to notice that these men were lepers. And lepers in the time that the Bible was written were outcasts. They weren't allowed around anybody. They lived their lives in isolation. In fact, their disease was so contagious that if they saw someone approaching them, they had to warn that person. 
Lepers had to immediately throw up their hands. The law absolutely demanded it. They had to throw up their hands in warning and they had to say, unclean, unclean. This man, this one grateful man has lived his whole life shouting unclean, unclean. I can relate to him because I lived my whole life before I met Jesus knowing I was unclean knowing that I was sinful, that I was unworthy. I needed some help in this room. I, knowing, that, knowing that I was unclean. And yet the day Jesus stepped into my life and he changed my life and he forgave my sins and he cleansed me and pardoned me and made me right with God. Listen, I began to shout something different than I'd been shouting my whole life. Just like this leper, now I can come before God and I don't have to say unclean. Now I can say, thank you, God. Praise you, God. I'm a new creature in Christ. All things are passed away and all things have become new. I wonder, are you grateful today? Yes. Psalm chapter 92 and verse one said, it's good to give thanks to the Lord. It's good. Well, if it's good to give thanks to the Lord, what is it when we don't give thanks? What is it when we just stand there like a knot on a log at church or we don't come to church at all? Listen, what is it? It's not good. Somebody say, it's not good. It's not good because God deserves our praise. I want you to see that gratitude in your heart removes the stigma of what you once were and it postures you with your shout at Jesus' feet and that's right where you belong. You belong in his company, you belong to him. He calls you his own and it's gratitude that gets you there. The Bible said we enter his gates with thanksgiving. We come into his courts with praise. Gratitude postures us before a holy God with thanks in our heart. Now, by withholding thanks, we actually introduce ourselves as ungrateful. Just like giving thanks postures us before God, presenting ourselves as grateful, withholding thanks presents us as ungrateful. It presents us as one living in discontent. And church, I'm telling you right now, you don't belong there. You absolutely don't belong there. You don't belong in that place. God wants to bring you in, but it's your gratitude, it's your thanksgiving, it's your praise, it's your worship that's gonna bring you in close to him. Romans chapter one, verse 21 says, yes, the wicked knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give thanks. They began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like and as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Do you see what happens when we withhold our thanks, our gratitude? from God, our minds become dark and confused and we begin to make up things about God. Man, that's exactly what's happening in our world today. I think a lot of times we, we hold back and we don't really give God thanks because we don't feel like we have been given what we deserve. We were expecting God to do one thing and God chose not to do it or God chose to do something completely different than what we were expecting and all of a sudden we live our lives withholding our thanks from, from God because we don't think we've been given what we deserve. I wanna remind you of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18 where the Bible said, be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Jesus Christ. In other words, 
Hey, if you're wondered what God's will is for your life, it's for you to be grateful. It's for you to be thankful and to be thankful in all circumstances. Even when it's not going good. Come on, y'all. Even when you've been dealt a different hand than you were expecting, we're to go ahead and give God thanks and praise. Anyway, he's still God and he's still worthy of our praise. Do you believe it? Listen, the truth is, thank God we didn't get what we deserve. If you want to know what you deserve, look at the cross of Jesus Christ. Because that's what we deserved. That death, that separation from God that Jesus endured on our behalf was what we deserved. Thank God he didn't give us what we deserved. Can I ask you a question? What if you'd woke up this morning and the only thing you had was what you gave thanks for yesterday? What if the only thing we had this morning was what we were grateful for yesterday? Here's the truth of the matter. The truth is you're gonna fall into one of two camps. You are either going to make your introduction as one of the grateful or one of the grumblers. Are you gonna be grateful or are you going to be a grumbler? Can I just, can I just admit to you, our default is grumbling. I've done my share. Our default is grumbling, but I have purposed in my heart, God, I want to be one of the grateful. How about you guys? In Numbers chapter 14, we hear from the grumblers. And, and I want to point out, of course, this is the children of Israel that I'm about to describe to you. And I want to point out the things they're grumbling over. Look up here, everybody. The things they're grumbling over are things they ask God for. They wanted to come out from under the slavery they knew in Egypt and God delivered them. They, they got out in the wilderness and got hungry and they asked God for food and he rained manna down from heaven upon them. And yet they're grumbling for the, over the very things they asked God for. And let's not be too quick to judge them. How many of us do the same thing? You asked for a husband and now you're grumbling about it. You ask for a wife, come on y'all. You ask for children that now you're grumbling about how they drive you crazy. You ask for a job that you're constantly grumbling about today. Somebody said, well, I, I didn't ask God for this marriage. <laughs> Can I just share that when God gives you, so let's just say God gives you a house. How many know he expects you to keep that house up? You got to paint it. You got to repair it. You got to maintain it. Marriage is the same way. Don't treat the gift of God with disdain. Don't take it for granted. Go ahead and put some work into it and you'll have something to be grateful for. That's, that's, a, that's another sermon for another time. But I'm telling you today that our default is to grumble and we shouldn't. Numbers 14 verse one through two says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud and all the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron and their whole assembly said to them, if only we had died in Egypt. Now it was the Holy Spirit that inspired Moses to write this and he chooses a Hebrew word by inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The word we've translated into English, grumble, comes from the Hebrew word loon. It's L-U-W-N. And it literally means, look, I want you to, I want you to catch this. The, the Hebrew word loon literally means to stop overnight permanently. That's where complaining will get you. That's where grumbling will get you to a place where you're stuck and you're never able to move forward. They wandered around that wilderness for 40 years. Look at me, 
look at me. Let's don't allow ourselves to let grumbling and discontent keep us wandering in a wilderness throughout our entire lifetime. Jesus said, we enter his gates with gratefulness, with thanksgiving. Gratitude will bring you in. Grumbling will keep you out. And here's why that's important. Because the book of Psalm, chapter 16, verse 11, says, in God's presence is fullness of joy. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17, the Bible said, wherever the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Now notice, access to the presence of God where there's fullness of joy and freedom is granted through our gratitude. Gratitude gives you access to joy unspeakable and full of glory. The joy that the Bible declares is the very strength of your life. Gratitude gives you access to freedom from all the things the enemy is trying to pin you down with. But you'll never know that freedom and you'll never know that joy if you're just wandering around in a wilderness complaining all the time. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I'm talking to somebody. That God wants to fill your heart with gratitude today. I have a good friend here in the church that really personifies everything that I've shared with you today about gratitude. He is a grateful man. I've watched it. It's just amazing. He worships God. He's here every Sunday just going after God in his praise and in his worship. He is always encouraging those around him. He's, he's led small groups with us. And I gotta be honest with you. I've learned so much by watching him because my friend is grateful like that despite some very difficult circumstances. The guy I'm talking about is Roger Queen. Many of you know Roger. 13 years ago in an accident, four-wheeler accident, he was left paralyzed from the waist down. He's lived his life for the last 13 years in a wheelchair. Many times, because of his stationary position, he'll develop sores that will get infected and let infection get into his bloodstream and he's in and out of the hospital constantly. And yet, he's always so grateful to God, so grateful to who God is. He was saved five years ago and since that day, he just lives in gratitude to the Lord. A couple of months ago, we learned about a wheelchair company here in the US that has designed a wheelchair that allows someone who is confined to a chair, it allows them to rise up through a um, hydraulic mechanism on the chair itself. It allows them to rise up to a standing position. And it actually not only greatly increases their quality of life, but it actually prolongs their life. And as soon as I learned about it, I thought, we gotta get Roger one of those very expensive I just posted about it on my Facebook page my my social media and immediately people began to reach out and say oh we want to see this happen Jeff we, we want to we want to contribute we want to help him get that chair I'm so thankful this past weekend that chair was delivered to my friend Roger Queen and I'm going to ask him to come out on the platform with me this is Roger Queen everybody Roger, I love you, man. Love you, man. Hey, um, 
I know that I know you have something you want to say to, to your church family today but before you do I, I want to I want to thank you man I believe I've learned more from you than you've learned from me thank you for teaching me how to be grateful despite my circumstances I love you man what do you want to say to this church family like I said, 13 years in the seated position, five years worshiping the Lord in the seated position. Today, it's my joy and privilege to invite everyone to stand and worship with me. Oh.